Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and in today's episode, we're talking with David Abrams. David is the co-founder and CEO of Demio. It's a really neat and new webinar platform. Uh, we've been using it, and I'm just really excited uh, about what what they've created. And I can't wait to talk to him a little bit about that. But uh, David, first, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's really a privilege to be here and I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, before we dive into what you're doing with Demio, um, and, and I do want to talk about that because I think it's a, a fantastic platform. Um, I, I'd love to, to hear from you. You're, you're in a, a kind of a business that's relatively young. So you've been through the startup mode. Um, and I know you've probably been through some challenges in getting it off the ground. And, you know, one of the things we like to focus on here are the, the different mindsets, the frameworks that, that CEOs use to push through, because we all know this isn't a, this isn't a straight line sprint. You, you get all kinds of obstacles thrown in front of you. So tell us a little bit first about how you got started in business. And then I'd love to hear how you guys have persisted through some of the challenges that you've come through. Sure. And I have a lot to contribute here because our journey was very, very hard. We hit nearly every obstacle we could you could think of. We probably hit it, got through it somehow. I don't even know how we survived. We'll talk about it in a second here. But um, to kind of give you a background on my own journey, I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated college. I was kind of traveling the world. I ran out of money and I wanted to do something unique. I took an internship and really fell in love with marketing in this internship. And Worked with this company, grew it into the marketing director position, um, ended up, and this journey is kind of similar to a lot of people, like, learned in this job, right? Learned as much as I could in marketing. And then I left and said, I could do this on my own, went out and created a, well, first I was freelancing for web design and development, made an agency, decided that, you know, the agency life wasn't for me. There's a lot of things we could talk about there, but the agency life wasn't for me. So I wanted to go off and do something where I worked on a product or a service, something that like I could actually scale because agency life is, it's really not a scalable business. It's really a, a person scaling. So if you want it to go larger, you have to hire more people. And I just wanted something that we could focus on with recurring revenue that was able to grow. So I got really into software at this time and really started to learn about how to build and grow software and created some smaller ones. But Demio ended up being my first major uh, you know, software SaaS company along with my co-founder uh, who's just absolutely genius at this stuff. But, you know, we've been able to, to get in. We've created a great application. It took us about two years to get to a free beta period. And then from that free beta period, we then launched to the public. It's been now a year since our grand, almost a year, I'd say November 9th is our year for our grand opening anniversary. Um, but along the way in that two years, I mean, it was, you know, people think about that straight line journey. This was like this nonstop. We, we hit so many, so many things. Um, honestly, first and foremost, it was um, lack of technical uh, leadership. We had hired an a agency team to come in. We flew them from Turkey to, to Tampa. We met with them. We planned for a week. We didn't have a like really tight MVP. We had this very large, robust software. And like three months in, we realized that they hadn't built anything. We were out about six figures and we were investing our own capital in this. So, you know, we really got kind of screwed here. Had to restart about six months in, brought in a, a, a whole bunch of people, started working really fast. We're like, oh, we're so behind. So you're building this huge thing again. And then, you know, another uh, four months, I think, went by. We had our first MVP, but I mean, when I say MVP, this thing was gigantic and it wasn't, it wasn't great. It was okay because we had so much stuff, 
Um, and we realized, you know, our streaming was a little bit behind. We had taken so long to build this. We missed the boat on joining this other streaming technology. So we made the hardest decision we've ever had to do, which was dumping our MVP, which already was at 2.2 thousand MRR. So monthly revenue was already coming in. We refunded everyone, stopped it. We had to fire half of our team and start over. And we brought in great people, really started simple, started light, and went after building a very light MVP and then getting that out to free beta. And that was really kind of the big crucial moment. And to talk about some of the, like, the major hurdles, I guess, was through hiring, um, through not having that technical leadership, uh, through going too fast, like having this pressure behind us that we felt like we had to get this out now. So you make really fast decisions or you hire too fast, or you bring too many people on and you're not working really smart. You're not making strategic decisions. You're just going fast. You feel like there's a lot of pressure and there really wasn't any pressure. We just, we kind of put that on ourselves because we had gotten kind of screwed before. Um, so during this time, and, and I think we put in up to that free beta period, we put in nearly um, $400,000 of our own money literally to get this project off the ground. So there was a lot of pressure on us. And so, um, you know, my, my co-founder faced really bad burnout. I faced really bad burnout. We didn't know if we were going to make it. We were literally at the ends of our bootstrap funds to get to this free beta period. And our grand opening launch actually propelled us into profitability and to, to make some money. So, you know, we actually started the company growth from there, but you know, a lot of this stuff really, what, what I learned, I should say from that and kind of how I was able to get through it was really starting to understand the, the balance between macro patience and micro hustle. So really understand that like, this is a long-term game. If you're going into a SaaS or software company, you're looking at a five to seven year ride, you know, really to, if you're going to do it right. Um, so understand that this is going to be a long-term game. Don't feel pressured and so rushed to like get these things out instantly. Some of this growth stuff, customer validation, customer market fit, that stuff takes some time, you know, go small initially, learn and then grow it. Don't go really big and then try to figure out, you know, what is right and what's not. And then the micro hustle is day to day, kind of look what you can do in that day. What's one to three things you can get done. Don't do a hundred things. Don't put your energy all over the place. What are just some key things you can get done and focus on those. And, and really focus is a key thing, I think, across the board for us is when we went simple, it allowed us to focus more. When we focus on individual, like one marketing initiative at a time, it really helped us to put our best effort forward. And the other major thing I think from the burnout experience from us was understanding that, you know, business is a balance. It's a game of balance, a hundred percent. Like you can't, we, we were literally 12, 15 hours a day on the computer every day, just focusing on work, ignoring other parts of our life. And the stress was so high. It was so bad that it just, it eats you up and it like just destroys a lot of like your mental brain power and your energy throughout the day. So really, recognizing that fitness, you know, having time for the gym or running or whatever it is, eating right, spending time with your family, spending time for me, spending time with my girlfriend, um, leisure, you know, time, whether that's reading or for me watching movies and stuff like that. And, and really then allowing yourself in the time that you are working, be critical time to focus, kind of cut out all the other distractions, get what you need to have done. And then you can move on to, to other things. But, um, that was kind of a really big breakthrough for us. Yeah. you know, it's interesting when you put constraints on how much you're going to work, it forces you to, to get focused. And, uh, and I love that word. Um, we see that again and again and again, when we're working with a business and they're in a position where they need to get new clients or, or, you know, they're trying to get forward progress and, you know, they, they may come to us and they're all scattered. They're everywhere. If we can convince them, sometimes it's hard to convince an entrepreneur yeah. who thinks they need to do everything to get going 
to to get focused. But the minute that they focus, they speed up. Mm-hmm. And and it's a little bit counterintuitive because you start to kind of close off certain avenues, certain opportunities to focus on what you think is the most promising, but um, but you make progress that much faster. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the really interesting decision that you guys had to make um, and, and you, I know you kind of went over it quickly, but this, yeah. you're all the way through and then you've got to basically scrap all the work that you've done. You were what, a year into it at that point or, or maybe yeah. a little more? Probably uh, a year. And invested a lot of yeah. money too. What does it take to, to kind of sit there, you know, with your partner and say, this, we can't go any further with this. We've, if we're going to do this, we've got to start from scratch again. I mean, that's a big deal. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, the real raw emotions we were going through was like nauseating, you know, like anxiety. Is this the right move? Is this not the right move? And I don't think there's ever easy choices in those in those positions. It's, you know, you have two options and you just got to go with the one that you feel is best. And for us, the long term decision was if we're going to play the long game, we got to go with technology that's going to be the future technology, not one that's just safe now and it's a safe route. If we really want to do this, we have to be kind of on the cutting edge because there are so many other competitors out there. So the decision-making process is hard. You have to ultimately say, you know, there may not ever be a perfect decision ever in business. Like there's not going to be like, hey, this decision is perfect and this one isn't. So we're going to take this decision. You just take the facts that you have and the knowledge you have at that moment, and you just have to make the best decision that you think intuitively is going to be the best. And, you know, sometimes you're wrong and that's okay. You can be wrong when making these decisions. That's a learning experience. You're going to learn through it and grow through it, but you're going to take the facts that you have right now. You're going to think, you know, take some time to think about it, digest what you have on deck and then make a decision and then live with that decision. That was for us how we had to do it. And, you know, it's easy to say that now and look back, but it was a difficult decision. It was, days of back and forth. There was days of talking to people on like Clarity FM, like expert consultants and trying to get all these different opinions. But at the end of the day, it was like, you know, this is a, this is a big company undertaking. We had to tell our team and all that stuff. But, you know, once you make that decision, you got to be behind it a hundred percent and then just go all in on it. So you guys started over and, and, and then went to build something, um, really more focused and, and, smaller in scope. Um, what was kind of the catalyst for, for kind of reining it in a little bit? So, you know, one of the key things that we love about Demi and one of the key things that we now don't even think about just in a business perspective, but our own like life perspective is the, the concept of simplicity. Um, you know, for us, Demio as a platform, we want it to be the simplest and easiest to use webinar platform. We want to get rid of technical overwhelm. We want to make it easy for you to engage with your audience. So like that's kind of our mission. So creating simplicity. And when we started to look at our platform and we saw not only how wide the technology was, but how big our platform had become and all the, you know, possible issues that could happen in different situations. You know, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. We said if our unique selling proposition and our values are based in simplicity, then we need to have the platform also mimic that same thing. And we've kind of, again, taken that and put it into our own lives. How can we be simplicity in our lives as well? But, you know, that was kind of the the catalyst to do this. Like we pulled out a lot of features. We pulled out a lot of stuff. We said, how do we just make this simple? How do we make this focused? Um, we want the user experience to be the key thing that talks a lot for our product. 
So the simplicity aspect really paid off. It was a bet that we, we went on. And when we had the beta customers come in, they loved it. They loved the fact that it was simple. They loved the fact that it's not a um, thousand features that you may use one or two times in the history of your entire time in the platform. But this has what you need when you need it. And then we just built on the things that they wanted after that. But um, you know, I think the key thing was understanding what simplicity really meant. And I think the guys over at uh, Basecamp do a really good job of that as well. And they say, you know, they make sacrifices in their product and they say, hey, these are the areas where we're not going to go. We're going to be this and we're going to be great at this and we're going to be very simple when we do it. And we, and we learned a lot from them. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it's interesting. I've used probably every webinar platform out there um, mm -hmm. and uh, done hundreds of webinars uh, over the last 10 years. And, um, and, and that's a spot in the market that, that doesn't exist. I mean, didn't exist before you guys um, kind of staked it out um, because there, there is really nothing out there. That's uh, that's simple, that, that has, you know, fewer, but the right options in there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to talk more about Demio and I want to talk a little bit more about webinars because, um, uh, you know, I know when we come back, we'll probably cover this, but um, I, I've been hearing lately that webinars are dead and, and I'm sure you have an opinion on that. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from David Abrams. Hang on. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. And we're here with David Abrams of Demio. And uh, and so I, we're talking about this transition you guys made from um, from your, your first version of the product where you had to scrap it and and uh, and, and refund customers money and and, and relaunch, re, rebuild and relaunch with this much similar version, um, you know, that is is what people will see in Demio now. And, um, you know, you're, you're making some big bets there. You're betting, first of all, on webinars as a, a, a means for people delivering their message. And, uh, you know, and you're also, uh, you're betting that people will come to this and say, you know, I want a tool that doesn't have every bell and every whistle. Um, and so, um, You've been out with that version for about a year now. What's the response been and, and what's your take on this whole idea that, that webinars are dead that we start hearing now? Yeah, first of all, I want to apologize. I got a, a dog here and she just uh, went crazy. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, the, the feedback for us has been incredible. Um, I think every time you're building a company, basically, you're, you have an MVP, you have a hypothesis of what you think is going to work. No matter what plan you create, you're going to learn by customer validation, right? That's the only way you're actually going to know, is my product solving a pain? Am I doing this right? Is this what they need, right? So you learn and you adapt. For us, we made this hypothesis that simplicity was going to work, and simplicity was what people needed because, honestly, that's kind of what we wanted. Um, and this bet paid off really well. The feedback has been fantastic. People love simplicity. Now, we do have some people that want you know, specific features. And so now we record all the features that they want and we notate who asked for them and how many people. And then we look at, okay, 
when we plan out future releases, what are the features that we need to add in? What are the things that are important to our users? And it's not every feature. We can't, I mean, that's not, that's not possible to do, not every feature. But what are the key ones that add value that we can also do in a simple way? It's not just, hey, they want this feature, let's throw it on. It's let's think about this critically. How do we make this even simpler? How do we make a feature that they want work better or give them more results? So a lot of what we do ha- takes deep thought behind it. And I think people really like that. I mean, the feedback has been, you know, removing, and I, and I think this is a good lesson, is that removing technical overwhelm from people is always a great thing. What people want, and it, what people want is your result of your software. They want to go in there, get whatever result or solution that you're offering. They don't want to go in there and play with software for, you know, 30 minutes and try to figure something out and then like just to get an end result that helps them in some way. They would rather get in there quickly, easily, knock it out, and then be on to do something else. No one wants to play with your software. They just want to get the results. So um, that, that's been the feedback is that it's just nice and easy. It's so easy to connect. They love that. They love that they don't have to be technical, um, that they can just click point, attendees can join, and it creates a great experience, which a great experience on a webinar is all about engaging uh, your prospect, having a conversation. That's what's so good about webinars. And I don't think webinars are dead at all. In fact, we see great, um, huge companies still doing webinars. I think you can use webinars in all types of facets from training to Q&A to onboarding to one-on-one demos to sales webinars to marketing webinars. And again, for us, we see webinars as communication devices, having conversations, getting away from just being a prospect talking to a company, being a prospect engaging with a company, learning about those people and having real relationships because nothing builds trust and authority and you know sales sales driven uh conversations then kind of a face-to-face or a personal atmosphere where they're learning they're gaining knowledge and then you know possibly getting a sale at the end but uh, that that's why webinars are so good it's not just some static video or a static website or anything like that it's just we're having a conversation you're you're you know a person i'm a person you can learn we can engage and that's what's so great well and and the idea of of um Pulling, pulling people together, pulling potential customers together, uh, if we're talking about in a, in a sales and, and marketing context, and you know, and and giving them some persuasive presentation to get them to to buy something, uh, that's not a new concept. It's not a new way to sell, right? That that way of selling isn't going away. All we've done is we've changed the medium. They don't have to be in the room with you. Um, that may, you know, the medium may change again. But uh, and we may call it something different four or five years from now. But the idea that you can do that without having to be in the same location is really, really powerful. And, um, you know, we've done, like I said, I've, I've probably personally done easily, you know, hundreds of webinars and uh, and and just that ability to be able to connect with somebody. I mean, we've had people that have become customers of ours from the other part of the planet. And when I first got out of college um, in 1994, I mean, we didn't have the Internet at my company when we started. Our, our most sophisticated communication technology was a fax machine. <laughs> Nobody in the company had cell phones. I mean, that was that's kind of where we were at the time. And uh, and and from there to now be able to reach people all over the globe is is really I don't sometimes I think we take it for granted uh, how, both how incredible it is to be able to do that and how recent it really is to be able to do all of this. And, um, you know, so it's a very powerful tool that, that I think not enough businesses are taking advantage of. Um, and you can use it, like you said, in all phases of, of your, uh, 
of your business from sales to onboarding, you know, to customer retention and, and to, to training of your staff. I think it's really, really important. Um, now, you guys have focused on simplicity and I, I've used Demio now. We did uh, uh, our first webinar with it about, um, I guess, about two weeks ago and uh, and had a great experience. One of the, the big frustrations I've always had with the other tools out there is that if you want to do a webinar, it's it's a significant project to get one set up to link because you got to link with all the other marketing tools to get people there. Um, and I, you know, I, I went in, um, I don't even think we'd done the demo yet. Maybe we'd done the demo. I went in and, and I set one up and it took about 30 minutes and start to finish. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I really appreciated that because it, it just made everything so simple. A lot of the things that you had to do with two or three tools, um, went away and, and it was all right there. And, you know, you talked about Basecamp earlier. One of the one of their philosophies is sort of the you know having these um, kind of opinionated defaults, and it looks like you guys have really taken that philosophy and applied that into the solution. So a lot of the things that people are going to want just right off the bat are already just there. You don't have to think about them. Um, how has that influenced the way that you built the tool? So you mean our opinion of what we think people need? Yeah. So like one of the things that I was really impressed with was, you know, to, to set up a registration page, it used to be that you'd, if you wanted to set up a nice looking one that converted well, you'd have to go to a tool like lead pages or click funnels, or you'd have to have a designer create one. Then you'd have to link that with, if you're going to do go to webinar with, you know, with their API, or you'd have to, uh, you know, link it with, um, you know, whatever other tool you were using and get people registered. And, you know, that's usually multiple steps and you've got to, you know, go go through all the stuff. Well, it was really, really easy when we go in, you guys have a, a, a really nicely designed registration page. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little thing, but it's there and and the design follows, you know, kind of the, the best practices for for, uh, you know, conversion on a webinar page. So there's not a lot of thinking that has to be done at that point. It's just go in, put the headline, you know, add, add the other copy that's got to be in there and, you know, and you're done, you're ready to go. So I would say a lot of this came about because me and my co-founder had our own marketing and uh, online marketing companies prior to this. And that's where some of these bootstrap funds came from. So we were using webinars in that aspect of our business. And we had our own pains from this, what, like the exact pains that you're talking about. We have three systems to set up. It takes two hours to create a webinar campaign. It's just so frustrating. And we were doing, like in my company, we were doing um, consulting and done for you marketing for uh, companies like this doing these exact things. And they were so hard to set up. And we said, when we do this, this is the pain that we want to solve. So we were really looking to solve the pain that we had ourselves. And I think for anyone creating a product, obviously, like I said before, you want to know you know what pains the customer have and you want to solve those pains in your product and for us we knew that was one of the pains one of them was creating it one of them was trusting the reliability of the system another one was like making sure you don't forget to record your your you know your webinar so we have automatic recordings i've done so that we, exactly, me too it's a terrible feeling and so we wanted to have all of these different things and said okay we listed out all the pains and we said how do we solve these things so one of them was integrations. So we put in native integrations. Another one was triggering based on what happened on the webinar. So we have our automated rules that trigger based on that. And our registration pages, we knew that there were you know, bad registration pages out there on other platforms. We wanted to have a high converting 
using marketing practices um, page. We went out and designed that, made it easy to customize. And we also put it in bed form so you can copy and paste those into click funnels or lead pages because people have different stacks and everyone wants to use ours. So we just looked at the pain and we said, how do we solve these things? Um, and that a lot of that was uh, during those initial days after we kind of left the agency and we said, okay, how do we how do we make this product the way we want it? And we just looked at the pain in the marketplace. And, and honestly, there was a lot of people talking about pain in the marketplace. They were letting us know already and validating to us the problems that they were having. So we were kind of able to, to build that into the product. That's, um, I, I, it's, a, it's such a smart approach. And it's one in whether it's a software business or any other kind of business, um, we see so few taking the approach. Most people show up and say, this is what we do and, and we're going to go do it. Instead of really looking at the problems that that their customers are facing and and diving deep and dissecting those, um, I think you guys have done a good job of that. So, um, David, I know that that a lot of our listeners um, either are doing webinars or want to do webinars, um, and and I really encourage them to go check out the platform and and give it a shot. Um, one of the things that that we teach all of our clients is that like the best way, if you want to use a, a presentation as a way to get, you know, new sales appointments and, and get them consistently is you've got to show up and you've got to do a webinar on a regular basis. So, you know, whether that's, that means monthly or every other week or weekly, you need to be doing them consistently. And we see a lot of people that, you know, they'll show up and, and because it's so much work on some of these other platforms to get one going, they'll do one and then nothing for, you know, four or five, six months. Um, and one of the things that I think they'll get benefit out of in checking out Demio is you'll be able to increase the frequency with which you're doing webinars because there's a lot less friction in the process. Um, you know, and, and uh, our ultimate goal, and, and hopefully you guys can facilitate this for us, our ultimate goal is we just want to write it on the calendar. This is when we want to do it, and we just want to show up and present, right? Yep. As, as, a, as a business person, that's ideally what you want to do. So uh, for those who are either thinking about doing webinars or are uh, doing them now and want to check it out, where can they go and, and uh, learn a bit more about Demio? Yeah, absolutely. You can come check us out at demio.com. We have live chat on our website. I love to say this because we love to communicate with all of you guys. If you're listening and you want to come check us out, come grab us on live chat. Say hello. Uh, me and my co-founder are in that chat all the time talking to customers and stuff like that. Happy to get on a live demo with you, show you around the platform. Um, or you can grab us on facebook.com forward slash meet Demio or twitter.com forward slash meet Demio. Um, we love chatting with people. We love making sure that you're taken care of and you uh, are able to utilize the system and see the system. So come check us out. Come say hello. And, um, you know, to, to kind of add on to what you were saying, you know, we, we wanted to make it as simple as possible to get these up and running, make it as simple as possible to get you connecting with your audience faster. And then also giving your audience a great experience as well. So uh, constantly something that we're striving for. Uh, and that's really the main the main part of the system that we've, we've really enjoyed making. Yeah, I encourage everybody to go check it out. And, uh, and their live chat is great. You actually will get a response from David most of the time. Um, there. And he's probably sick of seeing my name pop up there when I ask questions. But, um, you know, if you listen to this, you know, far into the future, you might not get him at that point. Then maybe they've taken over Citrix and they've got, go, you know, go to webinar as uh, as one of their acquisitions. But for right now, you can get him on the live chat and uh, um, and you guys are really responsive and very helpful. Um, so go check him out. Demio.com. David, thanks so much for being on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. 
Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.